Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Saw Good Man, the Better Better Call Saw podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Dave. I hope every sports team that he's watching right now loses. Yeah, I'm watching the Bears and the Cubs while we record this. We're a little late this weekend. Brian and I Mm -hmm. both had extremely busy weekends. Indeed. And uh, so I'm playing catch-up. Unlike my sports teams, Mm -hmm. they don't have to catch up because neither are losing. Oh, give it time. By the time we're done recording, at least one of those two teams are going to lose. Better chance of it, the Cubs because it's zero to zero right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Better call. Oh, yeah. And also, sorry about no preview with the prior this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what we can do for next week. Okay. We have lives too. Shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate those of you who care. Yeah, totally. It, it's awesome. Just, uh, well, what every year we've done this, this is our fourth year doing this now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had at least one week where we've we've missed it by a couple days, right? Yeah, like we've usually, already been late once this year. Have we? But we got it up like an hour or two late, I think. Right, right. But there's there's usually one day where we're we're off by a day or two, mm-hmm. and uh, so this is just going to happen. But usually, where it happens is there's uh, there has been a mid season break, if I recall, in the past. In a, I and, don't know a couple seasons, and but it's, usually it's based around a holiday. Mm-hmm. They went through with Labor Day, but it used right. to be in the spring and like mm-hmm. Memorial Day or Father's Day or something. Well, Father's Day is in summer, but whatever. Right. Either way, either way, this one's going to be late. But uh, let's be honest, you people don't care. So okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Episode four oh seven, titled "What Dave?" Something stupid. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> So they named uh, this one after us. Uh, yep, absolutely. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a 1966 song by Carson and Gale. Nice. And that is the song that played over the intro. Awesome. And the intro was pretty much just Jimmy and Kim. Brushing their uh, teeth. Yeah, just kind of living out <laughs> kind of living out their separate yet co-inhabited lives. <laughs> I was going to say they're separate but equal lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not equal. but um, So I'm sitting there watching for some... Big revelation in this, and I, I, I mean, it, I, I mean, it definitely did a great job of showing that there's uh, that they're not exactly the cohesive unit that they were in the past. Right. It's it's not so much Jimberly anymore. Mm-hmm. I did I did enjoy at first when they were showing the split screen. At first, I thought it might be Jimmy and Kim on two different mornings or at different times in the morning but mm-hmm. i did i did enjoy the scene where they left the divider in the middle of the screen and jimmy poured the yeah <laughs> pour, pour over the middle of the screen totally yeah, messing with was... everybody's sense of how mm-hmm. it's <laughs> and they did it again i think at dinner again and then when she puts her leg on him yeah yeah stuff like that yeah exactly so i i wrote a uh few notes of stuff that i was seeing and i don't think uh Anything that significant happened, except for uh, Kim moved into her new office at Schweikert and Coakley. Yeah. Jimmy has Saul cards that actually refer to him as Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. So that might be a big deal for people. A little less than climactic as people were wanting, probably. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but I like kind of grab your attention early in the episode. Kind of how it snuck it in there, right? I like it. Yeah. I noticed that we've been way off by about three years on what time this stuff took place. I think we were thinking around 2006. It was actually 2003. <laughs> right. And yeah, did the- you notice one of the dates on the Jimmy's reports was October 13th? No. Oh, nice. The the date of our band's reunion show? Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like uh, 
Um, considering later in the episode they play one of the songs that we do a parody of, it's almost yeah. like they're listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of really ironic, actually. We're, we are a part of it. Okay. so But Kim gets her cast off. That was, uh, I don't know if that's a big deal, but mm-hmm. definitely like probably good for Ray Seahorn because now she has doesn't have to get that damn cast on every episode. Right, right. And the doctor's left-handed. I don't know why I wrote that down, but the doctor's... Because <laughs> you're a left-handed person and you just uh, you're looking yeah. for your own kind. Yeah. So, sorry, my notes are a little bit jacked up. Um, so, I, I, okay. So, one, I thought I wrote Kim, Kim's out of Captain, but I'm pretty sure what that was supposed to be is Kim's out of the cast. <laughs> or, <laughs> like, or captivity but, or castivity. God, nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Nice. Let's see. Kim, Kim, Bell. Oh, Kim and Bill. Oh, Kim. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kim was uh, walking down, also having more interactions with a uh, preview of the prior Bill, mm-hmm. which is nice because uh, that that uh, that led me to believe that something in the next scene was happening that wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Huel, uh, I was pretty impressed with Huel's aim and arm when he was flinging the cell phones across the across yeah. the easement to Jimmy. That uh, I mean. That's totally cool, but um, it doesn't seem like a very uh, good plan, right? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I get that that looks cool if you're trying to be like the suave gangster, but that's probably not the most inconspicuous way to do that or the most safe way to do that. You think, well, he, I mean, he's, he has to miss a few, right? Well, considering how UPS drivers and FedEx drivers handle your packages, I uh, that's not the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I did notice that Jimmy's always got the jumpsuit on. It's like his his sales uniform is that yeah Russian mob jumpsuit. Yeah, well, if you're gonna do <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna do working, yeah, like like yeah, like the Slavic people. All yeah. right, put your, yeah. put your uniform on. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna go to work, you gotta look the part. And especially for you, it showed Jimmy eating cereal, but there wasn't a jug of milk sitting on the counter. So it's nice that Jimmy McGill listened to you. Yeah, finally. Mm-hmm. Although the and, other day I did sit down and have cereal and put the gallon of milk next to me. Oh. And so, <laughs> I wanted to, I want to see how the other half lives. I was going to say and, so uh, and not as satisfying, you, not as satisfying as I hoped it'd be, to tell you the truth. <laughs> thus you became that which you hate the most. <laughs> one of us, one of us, one of us. That's right. Yeah. I'm still not going left-handed though. I'm still sticking righty. Mhm. No yeah. south pause for Dave. All right. All right. So, that's it. That's pretty much what I got out of the opening scene. It was very entertaining. I watched a lot, but it it, it was good. Like, hey, this is what's going on. Oh, they they elapsed what June third to January twenty first, so they went yes. you know a good seven months in time, which cool because they're they're building the lab, so you don't have to watch all the construction of the lab and mm-hmm. you know yeah totally yeah it, it was a time jump episode yeah totally it definitely flash forward seven months. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're we're this much closer to Jimmy practicing law again, right? So, so it's that, they're definitely lining it up to where he'll be practicing law next season. It's got to be right, right? Three and episodes just a, left, right? And just uh, just overall, and the overall concept of the time jump, I, I like from beginning to end. I was I was thinking, wait, is this a time jump episode? And then they do something else. Holy shit, it's a time jump episode. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, no, okay, okay, that's a clever way to do a time jump up. Is this a time jump episode? 
like shit. Okay, this has to be a time jump episode. So, yeah. Like I, I don't know why. I just kind of kept like revisiting. <laughs> like <laughs> I just I, kept revisiting. They were drilling it into my head that it was a time jump episode. I did. I did take notice that the only one song played. As you noticed, the time the montage had several different songs, mm-hmm. but this was just that one song, mm-hmm. which I obsessed over because <laughs> that's what I do. I tried to find out whose recording it was because mm-hmm. it wasn't Frank Sinatra's. It wasn't the Robbie Williams, Nicole Kidman duo. Mm. It wasn't the original. I don't know what it was. I kind of want to find out. Mm. All right. Well, it was probably in the credits, Dave. It wasn't. I looked. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> check the credits and uh song that lives up to its name okay awesome <laughs> <laughs> then we get the opening credits of a foot massager and are the uh, bears or cubs losing yet also uh shout to tyrantula doug for filling me in on nicole kidman uh tyrantula doug uh, which we'll see next episode. Number eight is always a tyrantula episode. So I tried to find some sort of link. I was like, okay, wait. Tyrantulas of eight legs. It's the eighth episode. I mm. sat there and watched how many times the massager shook to see if it shook seven times. Did it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> time, but time well spent. It did shake ten times and then jump the vertical hold, and then it shook three times. So if you do the math, that's seven. I obsessed about really tiny things on this episode. <laughs> okay. Much like my okay. girlfriend in bed. Nice. Nice. You you obsess about your girlfriend in bed? No, she obsesses about tiny things. That was a penis joke. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure her boyfriend doesn't appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever meet him, I'll ask him. Yeah. Good. Good. Episode opens proper. Jimmy's giving a tour of his new office, and I just want to put out there at six minutes and forty seconds around the time Jimmy says cherry blossoms. I wrote in my notes. Howard, because I was so convinced. I was thinking that I also I put it's not Kim Howard, mm. right? Wow, we're on the same page. So I notated the time. I did that for some reason. I was just thinking in my head that that would somehow validate that I totally <laughs> thought of that. But even if it did turn out to be Howard, I could have just said that it was six minutes and forty seconds. But like, <laughs> but totally, I felt that. It might be Howard. Then I also had the thought that perhaps it was Bill. I, that creeped into my head. Actually, it was Bill first. Mm-hmm. I thought Bill first. And then I was like, because I knew it wasn't Kim right off the bat. This isn't Kim. Right. And then, so I thought Bill first. And then when he got more, when he said the partner's office, that's when I went, oh, partner. So that's Howard. Mm-hmm. Because Howard, obviously, seven months later, has fallen on hard times. So mm-hmm. we don't even know the state of HHM right now. Right. You know, he could be. Yeah. Who knows what they're going through? But Mm -hmm. no, no guess in the world would I've ever thought it was Huel. Correct. So good, good job on them. Still fooling us, kind of misleading us. Briefly, briefly, I had the thought that he might be practicing to give one last shot to convince Kim. Yeah. But I I thought that too. Fancier digs than they had previously mm -hmm. (laughs) than an old dentist's office (laughs) with a stinky bathroom. Mm hmm. So I, I thought that I thought with the opening montage where maybe they're not as close as they once were and there's an obvious rift and now that they're living on different wavelengths as opposed to, you know, being on the same mm-hmm. level, I thought perhaps it was setting it up to this was Jimmy's grand gesture to try to reel her back in. 
Yeah. And then I thought that that'd be lame. So yeah, I guess at first be? I kind of went through the same th- thought process. At first I thought maybe, but then I thought, well, that's no, that's too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I figured they were they were misdirecting us, mm-hmm. and uh, turns out it was just a practice run through for Kim. Yeah, at Huel. Yeah, good old Huel. Mm-hmm. He's got a big part this episode. Uh, he, he does, and it's good to see. I appreciate the fact that Huel believes. Had he been a lawyer, he would have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if I'm not on my boat, I'll be on the 40th floor of a yeah. glass, you know, big glass high rise. Do they even have 40 floor high rises in New Mexico? <laughs> I doubt it. I've been through know. Albuquerque a few times. I mean, you know, half my shit that I moved with is still there. Mm-hmm. I did get my sweet, sweet Albuquerque Isotopes baseball cap in the mail. Nice. Uh, but I don't remember seeing a skyline. Mm. So maybe who would practice law in like New York or Chicago or Cincinnati like or something like that. I would. Does Cincinnati I would throw you off? <laughs> right. It's the First only other off, downtown I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> I would fathom the guess. That's what he was going for. He, he, he would be a big time. Big time lawyer because being a petty thief and pickpocket has served him so well that right. one can only assume should he translate those skills to a life of <laughs> legislation that he, he would he would live on a boat and and have an office on the fortieth floor of a tower. So yeah, also New Mexico is mostly desert and mountains. Mountains, so uh, I don't know where mm-hmm. his boat would be. Well, it'd be just for show, really. Be, <laughs> he didn't say it'd be in the river or he would the ocean. Be, he or, would pay somebody to tow his boat around while he just chilled on it, sipping martinis and living the good Exactly. Uh, he's probably exactly. more of a Cristal man, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, totally. and he'd just be Happy Huel. That's all he would yeah. do. Happy Huel. Yeah. yeah. Call up Kubi. Um, see what he's up to. Yeah. The Kubes. Still surprised he hasn't made an appearance. Yeah, Bill Burr's kind of busy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's busy doing. <laughs> getting yelled at on by his wife on his podcast. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> getting getting berated by his own wife on his own podcast. Yeah, he don't need better call some money. He's got that podcast money. Yeah, baller, 10% off Amazon. Bears <laughs> are just that is, audible. Bears have just scored. It is now 17 to 3. That's plenty of time for them to lose. Well, it only took him like a quarter and a half last week. Mm. Okay. Well, oh, we're in the fourth they, quarter, so uh they might they might actually pull us out. <laughs> Next scene, Hector is being examined by the doctor. He's getting some sort of cognitive test. Yeah, he's uh he, this is where they show him uh signaling with his finger. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bruckner, yeah. by the way. I just want to make sure that we get the character right. It's Dr. Bruckner. Yep. And uh yeah, even in his old age and with all the ailments, he's still a fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I put. <laughs> Hector knocks water off the table. Uh, just to check Hector, out that sweet, sweet nurse booty. Yeah, Hector just being a creepy dick. That's exactly what I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that, though. I dig that. A man who, by all accounts, is a complete asshole, so even when he's dilapidated, <laughs> he's still, <laughs> still an still, asshole. <laughs> still, you got to keep, you got hey, you got to admire the consistency, right? Right. And game, game recognized game. <laughs> game recognized game, as it were. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again later when we get to that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Bruckner's not the most observant doctor for being one of the most observant doctors. 
<laughs> yeah, she missed. <laughs> she missed quite a bit, right? She totally whiffed on the whole like, oh, it's just an involuntary muscle spasm thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I watched it happen too, and I knew exactly what was going. On. Everybody did. If you were paying attention, you noticed that he did it on purpose, and he was straight staring at her boobs. <laughs> ah, benefit up. of the doubt, I guess. Benefit of the doubt. That's how mm-hmm. they do it at the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. Or no, Saint. I'm sorry, Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins. Yeah. I I feel I feel that they they probably conduct themselves similarly similarly probably at, but at both hospitals. I did. I did notice that the nurse. Um, they made a point to show that somebody likes it because they put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering like, when they showed a close-up of her hand, I was like, "Oh, she can have a ring or no ring." Yeah, I'm just putting know. it out there. Better Call Saul doesn't have enough Beyonce references, so I'm glad that we could bring one back to the show. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a single ladies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy uh, brings Jimmy to a. a Holiday, is it a holiday party or just a just uh, some sort of company, soiree for Mason? Company birthday? party. I don't know. Meet and greet, hobnobbing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. Jimmy kind of scoped out Kim's office. Yeah. Well, he had to compare the size because uh, the office that he was gonna, you know, the corner office of his dream estate was mm-hmm. six paces. Mm-hmm. Then he paced off hers. It was ten paces, which translates to about thirty feet. No, that's not thirty mm-hmm. feet. About six more feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. It's bigger, but his little like yeah, it's pretty big. It's kind of funny. A little jealous. <laughs> a little sour grapes in there. Yeah. Uh, again, as I saw him doing that, I was, I was thinking maybe he was practicing with Huel to bring try to bring Kim. Totally. I went back and forth a lot. Oh, you thought he was going to give that office to Huel because Huel's the partner. I thought he was just trying to sell the office to Huel because he's the closest thing to a confidant he has in his uh, business. So he was trying to sell Huel on the idea, just kind of like that whole, which is why he says, you know, if you were a lawyer, what would you think? That's but testing I also, it to see how Kim would think. Because it was the comment he made about the stinky bathroom. If you're mm-hmm. up late doing casework or whatever, that was mm-hmm. really directly at Kim. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you think it was a run through then too? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna gotcha. double down on that totally. Okay, so I, I as I said before, I had that idea. Then when it was revealed, it was Huel. I just accepted that he was hired. He was kind of showing Huel where Huel would be working, and that. Yeah. Okay, we're all saying the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, um, so so he goes into Kim's office. And uh, he get, he sees a thank you letter mm. from the uh, from Diana Pender, mm-hmm. which which was so intriguing to me. I texted my lawyer friend, and I asked, "Dude, did you get thank you letters from your PD work?" And she replied, uh, "Yeah, sometimes, mostly mm. from drug court patients that got a really sweet deal." Nice. So true to life, right there. Uh, Had to make sure that was true to life. Oh, good. Awesome. Way cool. I actually love the scene where Jimmy kind of is brought into the conversation about corporate retreats and such. <laughs> it's interesting because I hated it. <laughs> you really didn't like this scene? I liked, I loved, I will agree. I loved Jimmy's keep going, keep going over the top, build it up, build it up. 
This whole yeah. it's, it's kind of sour grapes. It's kind of like, oh, you want to get all fancy? No, Telluride's fancy, dude. Aspen's fancy. Yeah. You want to impress people? You put them on a <laughs> right. private Jane and plane and matching jackets. It was the it was everybody's reaction to that, and how it kind of ruined the night with Kim that I didn't like because you just laughed that shit off. Oh, Jimmy, that's funny. We can't do that. You don't take right. umbrage to it, right? Right. That's what I would I, think. I I just appreciated. All the other lawyers were like, "Yeah, that man, that'd be awesome." <laughs> well, I guess that's that's uh, that maybe that doesn't point. make sense then because because you see everybody in the background getting closer, so then they're like, "Oh, that's a really good idea." So then they kind of want the boss to spring for it. So then he's kind of right. put he's, on the spot. Right, Jimmy's speaking loudly. Mm-hmm. He's talking about this great extravagant, <laughs> extravagant corporate trip that he's seemingly planning for Schweikert. <laughs> right. All the all the employees now went from being appreciative of just having some sort of retreat to begin with to now the seed is planted in all their heads. Yeah, wait a minute. This multi-millionaire, super successful guy, why why can't he do that? Why can't we go to Aspen? <laughs> Take a yeah. bus, right? Yeah. Right. It's it's uh it's a pretty awesome, really passive aggressive form of sabotage. <laughs> so, yeah. Cause because in one fell swoop, he instantly planted that he's cheap. <laughs> <It's> because, <laughs> because everybody starts thinking everybody has a different perception of what's extravagant, right? Yeah. So to Schweikert, that's prohibitively expensive. To his employees, they see him as somebody who is more successful than they are. And a trip by themselves may not be unattainable, so therefore... You would think this multi-millionaire, super successful lawyer with super successful firm that has like three hundred lawyers who just in expanded it. his business, right? Why can't why can't he afford a bus <laughs> to take us to Aspen? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's no, totally. That's, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on board with process. that. Yeah, that's the kind of thought process Jimmy prays on. So he totally just sabotaged. He just put a sour taste in the mouth of everybody. Yeah, I kind of bitched him out, but I just, I don't know. I, I was struck weird by uh, Robert and Kim's reactions to it. How Kim was like, all, like it ruined the vibe because it, mm-hmm. it was, it was going so well. He was smoozing, smooze, smoozing. He was schmoozing. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. you know, calling people by name, cracking jokes. Everybody loved mm-hmm. him, doing his thing. Gave that one dude gave that one dude a second round of hors d'oeuvres because he worked <laughs> through lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden it's bad just because you went over the top with corporate retreat ideas and Robert got pissed. Like, what all Robert had to do was laugh it off and be like, no, that's sorry. It's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. I think what also complicated it, though, is he he was very obviously being an ass. And he's also somebody who probably doesn't have that favorable of a standing with people in that community to begin with. Well, true. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people are very familiar with his story and who he is. He's yeah. invited to the party be out of respect for Kim because she works at Schweikert and Coakley, and mm-hmm. he kind of goes out of his way to be an obnoxious ass. Well, Robert so did invite him into the conversation, and he tried to give him the, like, no. But then, well, it's probably because, because he, he was, said employees only, Jimmy. That's probably what yeah. set it off. <laughs> when he first tried to butt in, and he's like, no, nah, this is for employees only. So then Jimmy's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to make you look like an ass in front of your employees then. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But maybe yeah, it's just okay. that you and I are so well adapted to blowing things off and not getting butt hurt about passive aggressive bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We're not uptight cool lawyers. 
Yeah. And and it was great that Jimmy got super informal as he kept going because it went from just having a conversation where maybe they're spitballing ideas or just kind of Jimmy's just kind of saying ridiculous stuff. He's like he's even like, he gets really up to him. He's like, or a corporate jet. Come on, Rich. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Like like the old like slap him <laughs> on the shoulder. Like, come on, Rich. A little too familiar. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. Then you get the classic ride home. And uh, my notes on that is just Kim's piss. <laughs> That's an awkward ride. I like when he turned on the radio, the classic, like, okay, let me just kick on some tunes. We have nothing to talk about. It kind of mm. draws attention to how awkward it already is. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad my wife owns a business so I don't have to go to any corporate party. I've never gone to a corporate <laughs> We we've had them. I think I I take that back. I've probably been to one or two, but for the most part, I want no part of it. I am not that into networking. <laughs> people say you should for your career, but I would just rather work harder and right. do a better job than well, no, <laughs> I would. Yeah, networking matters, and then that type of business, it really, really, really matters. Oh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it does. Yeah, we're we're, we're not privy I'm, enough in those in those lines of work. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back at the laundry facility. <laughs> <laughs> this is where, yeah, they're playing the Big Rock Canyon Mountain, which our band parodies as our opening song, which I found mm-hmm. super hilarious. October 13th, Chicago Street Pub, Joliet, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Nobody's you know, going to show up. <laughs> I, show. Nobody right. cares about our band. Right. I do. Uh, that's a song I legitimately enjoy, though. I just want to see a cigarette tree. Mm-hmm. And the the bulldogs and uh, I'm 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 wondering if 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 uh, is it a tree that you make cigarettes out of or are cigarettes hanging off the trees like leaves and you just pluck them off and smoke it? I'm always assumed that the cigarettes would be the fruit of the tree. Nice, right? Because it's it's there's streams of alcohol. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. true. it's, It's the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees. Yeah, so I always assume it it would almost be like a bushel of cigarettes, like fruit and as much as we're plugging our band that's the best brian's ever saying just so you guys know yeah i am terrible (laughs) (laughs) great way to show if there was any um if there was any question about the time lapse kind of disappointed they didn't show the groundbreaking i would really like like to see (laughs) the underground groundbreaking since it's a totally secret operation right how do they get how do they get through the concrete floor to that big cavern they went i know they they, they started from the bottom. the bottom, and now they're here. No. <laughs> it's another <laughs> shitty song reference. <laughs> oh. But wouldn't that be great if they were going to go that route and show the construction on the lab? At first, I wasn't too keen on the whole construction of the lab thing. But mm-hmm. now now I'm all in. They've, they've sold me on it. They've made it more inter- – and I should have known that. They made it more interesting than I thought it would ever be, and I should have known that, but – but here they are proving me wrong once again. So now I'm invested in, oh, cool. It'll be great to see the various stages of construction mm-hmm. of the underground meth lab. But nobody can notice from outside. The guys can't leave. You have to be as discreet as possible. I guess I would have liked to see the first, like, the, well, the ground, the fucking groundbreaking. I would have liked yeah. to see the first. The, first the concrete dip, breaking, you know? I guess, technically. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I guess a little more, I kind of would like to see how they got to that point because it, that's a lot of dirt that they excavated. Yeah. And, and they how do they scaff- get it out with nobody noticing? 
Uh, I guess the, the employees don't even know what's really going on. They just know that there's a crew arriving to work on the place because they right. have that maze of tarps and stuff. Yeah, and, and that's it, another thing. It's, it's all hidden by maze of tarps. Okay, granted, I get it. That's entirely possible. I'm, But for reasons such as how did they remove the dirt? How yeah. did they start the process? Now I'm invested in the actual construction of it. But what happened is we kind of jumped in several months down the road. Now we have an actual cavern. We were getting ready to form the walls of, of the pit. They have a scaffolding that everybody can walk down single file. And somehow they got a fucking tractor down there. <laughs> they got a bobcat down there. <laughs> How the hell did they get the bobcat down there? I thought that about that opening was times. not big enough to get a bobcat down there. Thank you. I thought about that several times and I thought perhaps maybe they disassembled it. And piece it by down piece, somehow, <laughs> right? Maybe. I mean, well, I, I assume that they were going to do this whole thing, like, like the entrance would be the last thing. They were going to dig it out from like the side and tunnel mm-hmm. into it, and then you know they would end it by so that way nobody, like the people inside, would never even know anything was happening. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought the original plan was. Right but now, it, it seems to me as if they started from the top and dug their way down. They're just not, they're hiding it so the workers know something's going on, but not exactly what. So, yeah, yes, if that's the case, how'd they get the bobcat down there? From the conversations as I understood it, the plan was always to go from the top down because you have because you have to be discreet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made no mention of burrowing from the dormitory to the location. Well, I didn't think that was... I just thought maybe they'd start away somewhere. Yeah, I guess that's a stupid theory. You're right. Yeah. So, as I saw that, I thought, wow, that scaffolding kind of... That's a lot of scaffolding to haul up and down a hole, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I saw saw the tractor, and I remember looking at my wife. I'm like, would they have... I'm like, your dad owns a couple tractors like that? Because, you know, he has a farm. And I'm Mm -hmm. like... Do you think it's possible that they they took it down piecemeal, like wenched down a couple axles and then the blade, and then the cabin and no the way. body to fit right? I I, that I don't opening know. was the size of a human being, not much bigger. Yeah, yeah. So are unless we there's a bigger something? opening that we didn't notice, and that was just when they pulled the grate up was only one part of a larger yeah. cover. Yeah, you know, well, some, and they just kind of dropped it in. Yeah, somehow there's a lot of scaffolding and a tractor down there. And I would and again, I would also like to see how they remove it. <laughs> how do they remove mm. the tractor? Well, let's go to back to breaking bad. Yeah, see if there's like some sort of ancillary like loading dock. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it's just if there's a bobcat in the in the lab somewhere just, that we missed. Just <laughs> yeah, just hanging out somewhere. So that's a good question. If anybody has any theories how they got a tractor down there, or if there's something super obvious Dave and I missed, yeah, I, I don't. I and and granted, I can miss things because I take notes and watch it and stuff like that. But I, uh, we miss a lot for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I was completely under the impression that they were basically going to build a hole, dig it out until they could start blasting, and then the blast was going to be what was the most difficult part. But now I would assume that. Well, they even brought that up, how they, they have to blast yet a few more times because work has kind of slowed as mm-hmm. the morale of the employees have kind of slowed too, which, again, a clever device to frame the passage of time. That was yeah. that was, that was was great again. But 
Now I'm stuck on the tractor. So somebody tell me how they got a tractor down there. I would be more than happy to hear it. <laughs> I'd be more than happy to listen to you tell me why I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Get to see Gus cooking again. Cooking up them clams. Yeah. <laughs> he said what it was. I didn't understand what he said. Um, I was watching on my laptop. I rewound it twice. Couldn't make it out. I held the damn thing up to my ear. And I still couldn't understand what he was saying because I thought it was something else. But I think he was just saying what the meal was at the very, like the last thing he says in the scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, clam soup. He's making clam soup. Let's go with that. Yeah, I had a couple soup. moments like that. One, whatever the hell he was making, and two, near the end of the scene where he says, "We, I believe, we should temper expectations." Then he trails off. That's exactly what I was just talking about. Yeah, I I couldn't make that out. Whatever the meal is. He's making it for Dr. Bruckner. Mm-hmm. I did a little research on this. Porna Jack Nathan is the actress that plays the doctor. Mm-hmm. I went to her IMDb. I think maybe we should interview her if we can. Um, okay. Her IMDb has 41 credits, 12 of them as a doctor. So nice. uh, stere- stereotype much? You get a little typecast well, there. Every, every Indian <laughs> woman's a doctor in this country. I guess if you're going to be typecast, I guess... There's worse things you could be typecast <laughs> yeah. than as the hot doctor that everybody wishes they had and nobody gets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Given the way everybody reacts to everything nowadays, being typecast as a super hot, non-white, very intelligent fucking doctor is a pretty damn good way to go. <laughs> that's, a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty good, almost literally nobody would make Facebook post against that and people rally against every everything you can imagine. So, so I feel she's sitting in a good spot then as far as all that goes. Yeah. I was just okay. making a comment about how we view Indian women. We, we apparently think they're all doctors. Yeah. And super or, hot. Yeah. yeah. Which they are. Yeah. They can be. <laughs> 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 So, anyway. so at night, so at the timestamp of 1912, as Gus was really, really zeroing in on the videotape of Hector, mm-hmm. I thought for sure that he's gonna say it's him because they were having the discussion. Is it him? About, yeah, yeah. And I, I was totally waiting for them to do something totally cheese dick and silly. They did. Gus, he didn't say he didn't no. say it, but he had a look on his face. He did non-verbally communicate it. Right, and I was waiting for him to verbally communicate it. But again, then that just brought another thing that kind of aggravates me about TV and such is where nobody vocalizes their thought or responses because she's kind of talking about something off topic. Or no, she's talking about whether or not that is Hector if he still has his cognitive abilities, if he still has the same thought processes, same personality and such, or if he's just kind of going through the motion by instinct and biology, right? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's what she was getting at, trying to figure it, determine what level of his own conscious being he is currently up to, you know? And instead of saying, I agree, I believe that that's him, or I'm sorry, I think that's, I think it's him just with limited mobility, mm-hmm. he, change, he changes the subject. And so much would, so much, I guess so much less would happen in movies if people ever just addressed the quandary that was placed to them instead of just changing the subject abruptly. Because if I was ta- asking somebody, hey, do you think like 
Do you think his personality is the same? Do you think those are actions that he would have performed had this accident not happened? Do you think that, uh, you know, do you think that's congruent with the personality that he had previous to this incident? And your response to me was, well, I think we're done here. This is cool. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, no, like, okay, uh, fine. You're firing me. But I was asking your opinion. Do you think that that was, you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, because I wrote down exactly what I know we got called out on about reading our notes word for word. I don't care. Um, Gus doesn't answer. When she says, was that purposeful? This is what mm-hmm. I was talking about with the doctor being not observant. Because, yeah, he knocks the water over, and she goes, was that on purpose? And he doesn't answer. And I wrote, I hate that. It's fucking important. <laughs> right. The, your whole right. job is to get this guy to be conscious again. And when he does something conscious, and when Gus doesn't answer you, like I'd be pissed. Like, answer my fucking question. Like, what do you think? Or just the fact that she doesn't notice is bullshit. You know? Yeah. That's, exact, yeah. that's exactly my point. Right. Yeah. So that then they no. do that at least they do that twice in this episode. They do that again with Jimmy when in the like the last scene. Mm-hmm. When like, you know, Kim's like, what are you gonna do? And he's like, I'll handle it. I, I get so I get tired of that shit. It's like just like this is a major plot point. <laughs> you know, just walk <laughs> away, answer the damn mm-hmm. question. So yeah, I'm glad that yeah. we both agree on that, how uh kind of BS that is when characters do that shit. Mm-hmm. I understand the tension and building tension and stuff, but this one of the reasons why I can't watch Shows like House of Cards or Prison Break, because mm-hmm. literally the whole show is set in motion by miscommunication. Yeah, scenes like this. So after after gathering all the evidence, I put this together and I noticed that there's a pattern happening in the algorithm that could probably lead to this potential outcome that we've been looking forward to for the entirety of the series. What are your thoughts? And then the protagonist is here. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, Uber. (laughs) It's always something. It's always something really important or integral to the story being told. They don't get an answer. Just change the subject. And and it's always met with, or not always, but it's usually met with walking out away, too. Yeah. I mean, no, motherfucker, I was just asking you if you think that that would be a good day to go rob the bank. (laughs) Right. You know? And it's always responded to with, like, the other character not pushing harder for the answer that they need. Yeah, they just accept you it. Like, oh. Or it's oh. like that's the plot device in like every romantic comedy. When something happens, right. it's totally explainable and the person either says like they they just don't say the explanation. And like the other yeah. person leaves and or you know, it's it's yeah, the whole like it if people in shows communicated, we would lose half our shows. <laughs> right. Right. Here and I, he couldn't. He could have even just not changed the same outcome, right? It, he, he changes the subject to. I, I believe we should temper expectations, and basically fires her. Yeah, he says you know he changes the subject to construction on your clinic's almost complete. Uh, I'm kind of done mm-hmm. with you. Uh, have fun with that. Right, but why? Why the big deflection? He he could have. That should be. Suspicious. He could have just said, "I don't know. Maybe we should." Need, right, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. The nurse should have been like, "What the fuck was that all about?" Even though she probably is well aware that he's at least somewhat nefarious, but like, mm. like maybe either maybe okay yeah maybe she's she didn't a, come off she didn't have any like did she have a suspicious glance or anything or did she just kind of take no. his word you know yeah maybe maybe she does think he's on the up and up but she seemed taken aback by it but it's blatantly obvious if you're the least bit observant that he's got hacker to a state where he can manipulate him and he wants to keep him at that state he doesn't want him to walk and talk again. Hmm. 
Exactly. Because he's a psychopathic motherfucker. Yeah, we've we've been on this for like nine minutes now, and I think that I think I I think the whole point was is that just seemed like a really awkward way to tie up that plot point. That just seemed it's like a, tropey. Yeah, it's a tropey. Really, I and we hate tropey. Yeah, not that I could do any better, mind you. I'm just saying stuff like that is literally uh, everybody here who has listened to this show for any amount of time has heard me say several times I can't watch movies because. One, it's almost always the easiest way to tell. I almost always know what's going to happen within the first scene. Mm-hmm. And second off, stuff like that annoys the shit out of me because I, I sit there and think nobody would handle that like that in real life. <laughs> like nobody, nobody would do that. That is such a shitty, cheap yeah. way to write it. Cheap. And it's it, cheap, it, and it pisses me off even more because this is such a great show, mm-hmm. and it's they do so much stuff where it's mind-blowingly genius, and then it's like. And then we obsess about the one little thing every once in a while mm. that they do that kind of makes us upset. Yep, exactly. So you're telling me you knew that it was Kaiser Sose the whole time? Uh, I actually haven't seen that movie. <laughs> I don't even know what movie that is. I just know Kaiser Sose, but I've never seen whatever movie that's from. Mm. What movie is that from? The Usual Suspects. Oh, well, now I know. Dick. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert from like ten years ago. Yeah. It's no, his wife's I, head I, in the box in seven, too. Also a Kevin Spacey movie. Yeah, maybe maybe I wouldn't. But then again, most movies aren't like that. Most movies, if there's it's really easy to tell what's gonna happen within the first act of any movie. If there's mm-hmm. ever if there's ever an invention or a person or uh, a piece of art or a book. Or something that the main character needlessly mentions offhanded that either just comes into play or he feels the need to point out to another character that is always going to be the resolution to the movie. So then Memento should be your favorite movie. Why is that? Because they give you the ending. The very first thing they show you is the ending, and then it's just how mm-hmm. they got there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a cool That's a cool device. I, yeah. I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all. Uh, so next scene, Mike speaks German. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a uh, double take on that. I, I think I was writing it down, and then I looked up. I was like, was that Mike? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, apparently he's yeah. buddied up to the the, the foreman, and uh, he's teaching him a little bit of German here and there. So he yeah, knows well, how to say, what did he say? Gentlemen, stop it. Cool out. Yeah, he's just performing his due diligence, right? Right. He's working with a bunch of German-speaking people. He's going to have to learn the language, otherwise mm-hmm. they're going to talk shit behind his back. So, which they do. Which which they absolutely do, right? So he's, he's uh, I guess, being a good manager. <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's a good manager. I did like to see that the this kind of work is kind of getting the best of these young men who essentially are living in a prison camp. Mm-hmm. You know, super realistic. You know, they want out and about. They want women. They want to see the sky. But on the other hand, they're running over their estimate. And I didn't really put that together, mm-hmm. honestly. I kind of had forgotten at this point that they started this job seven months ago. It has been seven yeah. months that they've been doing mm-hmm. this. So I had to wait for them to kind of remind me. So I will, mm-hmm. this is a kudos to the writing. Of a good way to remind yeah. us that hey, it's been seven right. months. These guys are probably stir crazy. Imagine for imagine if if Gus had never consulted Mike. Yeah, with all the amenities, if they had none of the amenities, mm-hmm. they probably would have blown up the building by now. They would have broke out. 
right? Chicago's up 24 to 10 now. Bears. Nice. Nice. Cubs are still tied at zero. Yeah. Well, and it was great how they how they referenced that because it, it was kind of came out in a little bit of an argument because the the German guy who's running his crew is kind of hesitant to tell Mike that yet again he has to take a chance on being discovered because he has to blast a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mike fires back. Well, you got to give me a little bit more than you need to do that because you guys are kind of behind schedule and we, you know we're wasting even more money and time. Which the guy comes back and you know states, well, we yeah, you know, dudes are tired. They need they need out of here. They need stuff. And it's just that catch twenty two because then the response to that was, well, who, who essentially whose fault is that? You right. told me you could you, you could get this done, <laughs> you know. And well, I I didn't really pick up on that. I just kind of thought like when he's like talk to Gus or whatever, like mm-hmm. he's kind of just like oh, that's out of my hands. Um, you, you know, you have to do what you have to do. Just kind of more stressing. Just don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you think you, you, you think thought Mike you thought that- you thought Mike was kind of like upset about the extension? Yes. Okay. I think I think he's getting a little annoyed because you know he's the one managing this project. So as it just moves and keeps carrying on, then same same for him, right? Yeah. As the, as the employees have to be there longer, he has to deal with it longer, right? And and uh, the leader of the German crew even says like, "Yo, we we got a blast again," and Mike kind of huffs at that and doesn't want him to. And essentially, what the point of the argument is now they're in this stalemate. You guys told us you'd be out of here sooner. Right, but, you know, but that has drug on. But I can't do anything about it because it's not like a typical workforce where you can just fire people and send them to the unemployment office. Because if you have somebody, you know, this group of people who decides to mutiny, they'll take your whole operation down. And then, and then what are you going to have to do? Kill them all? Right. Well, that's why I I, I kind of thought Mike was. I didn't think he was as upset as more if he was just contemplating how to adjust. Because when he brings up the firing of Kai, like what happens if we send mm-hmm. Kai back to Germany? Like, because mm-hmm. Kai starts to fight. You know, right. You can tell he's getting a little stir crazy, and that and that was that whole fight amongst the Germans was just tension boiling over. You know, from from right. being trapped together for so long. Um. So I didn't see him as more like he was kind of like passing it on to Gus, like just 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 fucking talk to Gus about that, but get it done. Kind of a deal. Yep. Well, let's. Uh, we got another scene in there before we revisit Mike and the uh, the dormitory slaves. <laughs> so, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's still on the phone under his underpass, and in, in the he's jump, comp- in the jumpsuit uniform, mm-hmm, and he's confronted by a plainclothes police officer. Um, well, I do appreciate the back and forth. I find it weird that the city would give him a permit to sell cell phones out of his van under an underpass from a store that he works that he already purchased them. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I mean, I suppose I that's that on the up weird. and up. And you I think that some. was bullshit. You think that was? I think that was Jimmy um, just talking his way out of it. Yeah. I I thought that at, at first, too, but I felt like, I, I man, I thought that at first, too, but maybe I overthought it because I figured, well, Jimmy is technically a lawyer, so he would go through everything to make his illicit business legal. Because he doesn't need any more fuck ups, right? Mm-hmm. So if he got if he got caught in some sort of weird legal you know, mix up, illegal. I mean, sure, it's you know e- even something little, right? When you're on that kind of probation and such, even something little, such as soliciting goods unlicensed, right? 
could mm-hmm. ruin the rest the rest of your plans. So I figured he may have gone through the process to get like a street vendor's license. I just find yeah, it maybe. funny. I just maybe. find it funny that they would have that. Maybe that's a blanket license, like in in Chicago city limits. You have to have a panhandler's license, right? And they do have panhandler's licenses for people that panhandle. They so, do. So maybe it's not like it's not super specific, like you know, retail of electrical goods underneath an underpass mm. or underneath mm. an overpass. Uh, but it's just like yeah, just to sell your shit on the street, whatever that would mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Also, classic move by the cop. Uh, stop selling your sub- cell phones to drug dealers because there's a drug problem. And then Jimmy's just like, well, just stop the drug dealers. Like, right. It's not, yes, he's enabling them to do their business better, but it's really not his responsibility what drug dealers do with their drop phones. Right, exactly. The The officer is looking for an easy target. Yeah. Or he was looking to squeeze Jimmy. I think that's more like it. You know, because Jimmy obviously has contacts with probably some of the people, well, obviously, with the people that he's run into because he has his card, mm-hmm. right? So he was probably looking to intimidate Jimmy, thinking Jimmy would roll on somebody mm-hmm. because the cops has the goods on him. And Jimmy, being a lawyer, knew better and was like, yo, I have a license, and I'm also not culpable for people's behavior should they choose to use these phones in a bad manner. Therefore, go fuck yourself. Right. Which causes an argument because now the cop, is trying to make up or trying to find a way to impose on Jimmy so mm-hmm. Jimmy will flip or turn. Because the whole thing where it's stop selling the cell phones, cop probably really doesn't give a shit that he's selling cell phones. Cop is trying to put the pressure on him, thinking that Jimmy will be the kind of person like, oh, shit, if this cop is on to me about the cell phones, he's going to give me shit. Even if I pack up and move to another place, then I'm going to lose my money. Therefore, I better give him the information that he wants. That's what the right. cop that's what the cop is banking on. He didn't bank on it being a lawyer right, <laughs> that yeah. he's talking to. Yeah. Or and, that uh, Huel will show up and uh, be listening to music and not realize the situation and knock him the fuck out. Yeah. Whap, whap him with a sack of sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> whap him with the Sammies. Yeah. He did. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I kind of chuckled at that. Not because it was a police officer being assaulted, just because. It's just kind of funny to walk up and clobber somebody with a shopping bag. <laughs> and how did that knock him to the ground? I think it was just the uh, the surprise. Mm. Because it's, it's actually mentioned later in the episode, the cop wasn't even unconscious or anything right. like he that. Just, he got hit but, with a sack of sandwiches. Which he is, did. You know, for my money, uh, any cop that goes down to the ground that easily is not a cop that I want on my payroll. <laughs> I think it was just more so he was caught off guard and hit from behind, you know? So he, so he tuck and rolled? <laughs> yeah, man, that was it. He was no, that cop's a bitch. <laughs> he, started, <laughs> he started evasive defensive maneuvers, man. Yeah, he like rolled, yeah. sprawl out on your back like a turtle that can't get off a show. <laughs> <laughs> Evade and maneuver. <laughs> well, maybe there was like a two liter of pop or something inside the bag as well that yeah, well, added some heft. Maybe, added maybe. Some heft. Yeah, yeah, and poor Huel gets busted. Yeah, Jimmy Poor tries guy. to talk his way out of it. Tries to do him a solid, and no, I, I like officer. that. I like that response too, where the officer's like, "Well, you, I asked you for a favor, and you said no. You're asking me for a favor, so uh, go fuck yourself in kind." Yeah, yeah. I, I came here trying to be a buddy. You didn't want to be a buddy, and now you need a buddy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your guy, friend. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> how, how the turntables. <laughs> 
<laughs> One of my favorite office lines. How the turntables... <laughs> and just trails just off. Just trails off. <laughs> how the tables have turned. How the shoe is on the other foot. Mm-hmm. So then when we go back to Mike and the dudes in the dormitory building the... Building the... Uh, the the, the uh, lab. The lab. Thank you. It's late and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to Mike building the lab. I thought here Mike was going to have to kill Kai. Because this is where <laughs> they had the conversation. What happens if he goes back to Germany? Yeah. Head dude's like, not good. Right. And there was a slight pause there. And in my notes, Mike's going to kill him. I, I, I didn't think they do the whole thing where Mike would execute him in front of everybody to make an example. But... Mm-hmm. I feel I'm going to predict it that, that Mike's going to kill Kai because he can't let him go back, and now he's too much of a liability. So yeah. it's going to be one of those things where I feel like they're going to let him go back, but then he's just going to be eliminated on his way back to the airport. I, I'm I'm with you on that. We both independently actually predicted that Mike will have to kill Kai. Um, mm-hmm. I did not think it would happen in this scene. That thought never entered my head. I thought maybe this would be a scene that would lead to it, though. Which it was. He's talking shit about That's Mike in German. Yeah. If I if I wasn't a clear if I wasn't clear, I do apologize. I I meant this is like the scene where Mike makes the decision that if, he if Kai dies, to. if yeah, okay. if Kai dies, this is where Mike decided to do it. Okay. This is where okay. this is where Mike set his mind that that's just how it's going to have to go down, and that's just the way it's going to be. Then we are in agreement, my friend. And then I think it'll probably play out something as such because obviously Mike would never probably flaunt the flaunt that he killed Kai. It'll probably be something. No, it's going like, to be under under. It's either like make it look like an accident or like completely secretive um, under the table. Like it'd be one of those things. Yeah. Like I don't know what happened to him. He just got lost on the way to the airport, and everybody will know, but nobody will say it. Exactly. Yep. And exactly. that's how. And that's how the lab gets completed. It'll be it'll be more of a cover your ass move than a make an example of a move because he might you know mm-hmm. fuck it up after the fact. Mm-hmm. Update. This next, go ahead. Bears have won twenty four to seventeen. Are the Cubs losing? Update two. The Cubs just scored the first run of the game. They're winning one to nothing. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We see Huell at the courthouse, and Jimmy's a. I, I was Jimmy a lawyer again. I saw he was in a suit and all dialed up, but I thought we had. Even though we got closer to him being a lawyer again, I didn't think no. we had quite progressed to that. Because he, he says he alludes to that fact. He says like I can't do it personally, or or Huell does. Somebody alludes to the mm-hmm. fact that you can't do it, and he's like, well, I got a plan. Yeah, you know, was it was he there for his hearing? The magic man. Maybe he was there to uh, to check in for his uh, suspension. Right, and it or just so happened to coincide. Maybe he with was Huel. just there with Huel and decided to look nice to help the guy out. Right, yeah, yeah. Foot the part, look respectful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which um, one of my favorite lines when when he tells him you're gonna get two and a half years and Huel wants to bail, mm-hmm. and then Huel's like, Well, they didn't get DB Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't even know if that guy exists. Right. I love that this is where uh Kim also finds out about Jimmy's business. Yeah. His, his cell phone business. Which is Take interesting. I I really questioned why he went to her office and not just waited until she got home to have this conversation. I, I think it's maybe just in case uh, she had a solution during the, I, I don't know, I haven't really been to court, but like the arraignment or when they read the charges or such or when you make your first appearance in front of a judge. I think it was a desperation plea 
mm-hmm. for one. Well, it, okay, so I think I think what was happening is she was going to find out, right? Mm-hmm. Because because it's obviously in the police report. I'm and sure she's they a public defender. She name. takes a, right. She takes a lot of public defender work. Right. So she was going to find out what Jimmy was up to anyway. So I mm-hmm. think he tried to get a jump on it and just kind of approach her like, hey, I got this guy that was helping me sell cell phones out of the back of a van. Long story short, he whapped a cop with sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, this is really going to look bad on me as I try to get my, my lawyer's license back. Right. So if you can do me a solid, I'm kind of desperate here and you're... You know, you're my you're my main squeeze. So I don't think bro- they are. Bro- so have have we established that? Do we still think they're dating? Yeah, I th- I, I think I don't think they're dating I, at this point. I uh, I think they're co-inhabiting. Remember, yeah. I said it, I said at the beginning of the episode, it was a good way of establishing that maybe they're not the cohesive unit that they once were. Well, right? cohesive like- unit, but um, friend zone. I don't think they're dating. I don't think there's any. In- they haven't shown any intimacy. Not true. Season. She put her leg over him. She was sleeping. She it was subconscious. No, I I don't believe so, man. I don't know I you. So. <laughs> I they never kiss. I don't know. They never hold know hands. No, that's not true because they they you totally know? hooked up on the couch. Remember the fish like blue. God damn it, you're right. The fish blubbed. Right. Well, then, so why didn't me, she? I don't know. I've been married for twelve years, and every time I've gone to bed and my wife was pissed at me, I guarantee she didn't have it anywhere in her mind that she was going to put her leg over me in an affectionate manner when we well, were sleeping in bed. I'm just saying because I avoided talking about the fact that she introduced him as Jimmy McGill to everybody at the party. Just this is Jimmy McGill. This isn't my mm-hmm. boyfriend Jimmy McGill. It's not my friend Jimmy McGill. It's this. This is mm-hmm. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Like a platonic. We we've, um, we've long thing. we've long established that the blue bloom is off the rose, right? Because it mm-hmm. seems like the theme for this entire season has been her idea of what he is or what he could be has been completely shattered as she's slowly come into the realization that, holy shit, this, even though I have feelings for him, this is this is not the kind of person that I'm all about anymore, right? We, we've established that, and this just solidifies that when you're living with somebody and you're cohabitating because you go through rust fests, especially in long-term relationships. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. you have those issues. So they're having issues where he's trying to figure himself out while waiting. You know, waiting these ten months or whatever it's been to get his law license back. She's trying to hang on and make a name for herself. So like the first big nail in the coffin was when she decided to solicit. Uh, Schweiker and Coakley and then lie to Jimmy and say that they offered her a job when she went to them. Right? So she already started building the wall there. And they just kind of coexisted and such until he drops the bomb on her. Hey, I've been... So this guy that's about ready to be arraigned, (laughs) like, that's actually my friend. Oh, by the way, he's been... He's been my muscle while I've been selling cell phones to shitheads, some of which you probably put in jail or you probably defended... So right. um, this is really going to look bad to the review board. So if you could do me a solid and find a technicality to get me out of it, you know, she even says like, I'm not going to tear down a cop because she interpreted him as, yeah. as, as, as asking like, Hey, could you destroy this guy or find some dirt on this guy? And she says, she's not going to do well, it. He had the dirt. He, he laid it out for her and she said, no, mm-hmm. right. He, he was going to go so far as to literally trip him in court 
to make it look like he stumbled in drunk to, to assassinate his character. Right, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's yeah. got that all set up. Like, no worry. <laughs> like, right. Right, right, he can do that. Right. But right. no, Kimmy, so, wa- Kimmy wants to play it straight. Yeah, she's not happy about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, she wants to do it legit. And she won't make him any promises. You know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he won't do jail time. Right. But then she, she, she reluctantly agree, agrees to go along with it and try to help him. Which turns out to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So as we find out in the next scene, when she's talking to the prosecutor, he was kind of getting fucked. This yeah. is complete unequal justice. So now Kimmy's invested because she's all about truth and justice. So now she wants the case and she wants to win this case because he's being made some weird example of with all these other people getting off so easy. Right. And the story's actually true. Mm-hmm. But obviously the prosecutor... Kind of fortunate for Jimmy, right? Yeah. Because, because then it somehow made it personal to Kim. But on yeah, the she's... on the other side of that, once that's over, there's going to be hell to pay for Jimmy. Yeah. Right? There will be. She's not going to let that slide. Right. No, right. not at all, but but she is going to try and like get, you know, justice served for sure. Yeah. I was going to say the prosecutor got a really big dig in when she's kind of like, "What what the fuck does this matter to you? The the dude's a piece of shit being represented by a scumbag ex-lawyer." A scumbag, disbarred lawyer who yes. peddles drop phones to criminals. Yeah. And obviously, she wow. kn- she has to know that Kim is dating him. I don't know, but it didn't seem like it seemed, you know, I don't oh. know if there was that much of a personal dig at Kim. Uh, to me, a dig at Kim. To me, that totally, so. oh, to me, that totally seemed like she knew. Okay. these it, This is a community of people that work together all the time and have reputations and gossip and such, right? There's no way that anybody that knows Kim Wexler probably knows who she's dating and probably knows his story as well just because of the rumor mill. I took it as the prosecutor was getting annoyed that Kim, seemingly out of nowhere, now wanted to jump in on this case. And that was her way of telling her to back off. It's like, I don't know why the fuck you care to begin with because <laughs> because of the whole disbarred lawyer thing. It was a good, yeah. like, it was a good jab right to the jaw. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just, it was. Is like who the fuck are you? Like, don't come in here and talk to me about unequal justice. Like, who the fuck are you? Look at the people you're representing. Don't come in here and act all righteous. You know what I mean? That could also be uh, could also be an intimidation factor. Kim's good. Kim's yeah, very good. You know? Yeah, I'm, and, and sometimes when you're back to in a corner, you kind of, you know, take jabs. You try right. to like undermine undermine their confidence with some bullshit. She want to throw Kim off her game. There you go. That's you now you've won. You have convinced me. Yeah, she's trying to throw Kim off her game, but Kim's a Kim is one of those where I don't get thrown off my game. My focus gets sharper, and you're going down, bitch. Mm. Chick fight, <laughs> <laughs> which um, plays out when Kim goes shopping for school supplies. She does. I I really wasn't sure what was going on there. Nor do I. Which I I suspect that we'll find out next episode. I do like. The conversation Jimmy and Kim had where Jimmy, she tells Jimmy, like, don't let him jump bail. First off, he's probably going to have to do some jail time. If you want, like, the best outcome possible, don't let him jump bail. Jimmy Jimmy concocts some sort of scheme. Which he doesn't tell to Kim. That's another thing we've been talking about. And whole, like, I got this. Let me shut the door in your face and drive off. Yeah, and uh, my response to that in my notes was simply, um, Jimmy tells Kim, 
bros before hoes <laughs> and drives off. <laughs> oh, man. Then she goes to the store and gets all sorts of uh, supplies. I'm not really sure what's going on there unless she just It's finds... back to school season. Right, yeah. She wants to get the uh, get in on that sweet tax free sale for office supplies or some shit. Maybe she's um, going to go pedal the school supplies underneath an overpass. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then she has an epiphany that she could somehow help Jimmy and Huel out without Jimmy doing whatever it is that he is doing before the episode cuts. So here's my thought on that. Mm-hmm. Let me let me let me do a, a completely inaccurate, over the top prediction. Okay. Um, my mind flashed back to Jimmy changing the address on Chuck's paperwork. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's going to do something kind of crazy like that, underhanded and devious, which leads to her getting fired from Schweiker uh, and Coakley, and then she kills herself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I think uh, that she might. I'm debating. I'm debating in my own head whether or not she's going to do something like that, like kind of get underhand and devious because this lawyer took it kind of hurt, you know, cut her deep. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. The, the other, the prosecutor cut her real deep. So now she's uh, got that vengeance and hell yeah. hath no fury like a woman scorned. That's right. I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to think of the plan that she has going forward. I'm just more interested in seeing what Jimmy is doing when he receives the call, which I suspect not next episode, but the ep- because I suspect next episode we'll catch up with uh, Nacho. We and have then, to. That's three episodes right. with no Nacho. Yeah, and then the episode after that we'll see a now healed Nacho in some shit, and that'll be episode what like four oh eight, and then four oh nine because that's the penultimate episode. We'll tie all this shit together, and mm-hmm. then four ten we'll have a really hyped up conclusion that doesn't really compare to four oh nine. So that's my yeah. prediction for the rest of the season of Better Call Saul. <laughs> Well, and I just realized now we've Nachos had seven months to heal. Yeah, yeah, he should be all gravy now. He should be so. all gravy, all gravy. Good I hope go. so because yeah. I like Nacho. I like the character. Yeah, and uh, I hope he uh, takes down the Salamaca family, which I we know he won't because we saw Breaking Bad. I would almost bet that we don't. We the penultimate episode is going to be based around whatever this scheme that Kim has hatching. Yeah, that'll I be think that. So. Next episode, I bet it'll be entirely Nacho and the cartel, and we'll catch up, and we'll see how Gus, how uh, Hector gets to Bell, how Gus is keeping a watchful eye on that. It'll it'll play out. It'll be a total Salamanca crazy episode. Next episode, I think we're gonna see maybe some Tuco more gets out of jail. Ooh, yeah, maybe Tuco's out and Tuco's out of jail. I, I think we're gonna see Mike deal with the Germans a little more. Um, yeah. Maybe something will go wrong with the blasting or something. And he kills Kai. Maybe maybe he uh Maybe he doesn't kill Kai, but he does ties up Kai and, and puts him in the room when he gets blasted and Kai gets blasted. Well because maybe. he did say that uh we didn't even address that, um, because I was gonna make a demolition man joke. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he said you uh, the reason it'd be bad to get rid of Kai is because Kai's the best demolition man. Mm-hmm. So he's the. Uh, so you think Mike might Mike might sabotage Kai's do Kai doing the last one big blast that they have to do, and then it blows up in his face. Yep, there you go. Okay, so let's that's, go. That's, that's how Kai dies. Mike Mike doesn't. Yeah, Mike sab- either sabotages him, or because Mike is fucking Batman and knows everything, notices something bad is going to happen, and then just doesn't save him. Mm, that's another good thing. Yeah, that's a good way to do it too. Yeah. Well. So that's my that's my prediction. Mike Mike is gonna 
just not save Kai. Kai's going to kill himself. We'll see more Nacho healed. And then the episode after is where everything gets tied up back together. And Kim, it'll be like the Chuck episode where Chuck was in court. It'll just be Kim totally destroying this guy and basically paving the way for Saul to go forward. I mean, I think that's kind of obvious. So, mm-hmm. so, but I mean, I mean, it, it, it's weird because it's almost like the, the closer it gets to the more they reveal, especially with the whole Saul Goodman thing. And now we got the phones and we got the idea to put a big ass sign on the roof and all this stuff. Um, it's it's almost like it's getting anticlimactic now, right? The name right? is out there. He's yeah. pre- he's he's started his second business under the name Saul Goodman. Yeah. Now I almost have anxiety of whether or not they would go past season five because they already did season five. But I I'm pretty sure after this season wraps up, the first announcement they are going to make is that they're going to go pretty quickly into production of season five, and that will be the last season of Better Call Saul. It's, it seems to be heading that way. I mean, season five is on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has all the names for season four of all the episodes and season five with unnamed episodes. And then mm-hmm. and since Breaking Bad was five seasons, maybe that's just like their magic number. That's what they like to do. Right. They don't like to extend shows to go too long and make them bad like they did with The Office and Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out more like 30 Rock out on top. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's that's not a criticism from me, nor is no. that me being disparaging. No, I'm just saying when when Better Call Saul first started, we were all excited to see how Saul Goodman went, right? Because everybody knows the end game. But mm-hmm. here, four years into it, they've already received revealed so many facets of the character and it just looks like everybody's headed for tragedy that it it would be disappointing if they went past a fifth season. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I think they should wrap it up. It seems to be it's it's going in such a good thing right now that I'm totally on board with it. One more season, tie the story together, uh, wrap up the whole universe. Yep. Unless they yep. want to give Gus a spinoff, or, or Gene, or, or Gene. Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Or or maybe the theory of uh, they'll wrap up the Saul story in season four, and season five can be all about Gene. Oh, maybe. And I, I will. Know you, I know you poo pooed it, but this Gene's season is while Walter's away. It's not after Walter dies. So they could get interesting. I don't think it'll be involved with Walter, but the immediate aftermath of what happened when Walter left and Gene, and Gene left and everybody left. Wait, what? Gene's happening while Walter's still alive? Yeah, Walter left for a year. So if this is right when Gene left Albuquerque. Or right when Jimmy left Albuquerque, this is while Walter's hiding out in the mountains. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not bad. That's not bad. Well, for some reason, I guess I never put two and two together. I just say, I guess I just have it in my head. Walt died. But yeah, he totally did. I, I think one of our listeners pointed that out to us. And I, I, had, I had not put that together until it was brought up to us. And I, I realized, like, yeah, if, because we're not exactly sure how far Gene's story is picking up after everybody left. But if yeah. it is right away. Then Walter's hanging out. Yeah. He's out in the okay. in the mountains getting his goods delivered to him. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, with that, everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I apologize for our lateness and our lameness and our lack of preview with the prior. We'll get back on the stick next week. Uh, I really would like to hear theories about how the tractor got down into the cave. That's that's actually mm-hmm. kind of. I, I feel like it'd be silly for and we miss stuff. It's just because we're just watching it just like everybody else. We're just part of mm-hmm. like the millions that watch it. And there are some people that just pick up more shit than others. If but we were um, pros, we would get paid for it. Exactly. 
Um, but I would love to see see the theories on how the tracker got down there. That, and and what do you think? What do you think Kim's doing with crayons and markers? Yeah, and, and what's up with the school supplies? What do you guys think is going on there? Let us know. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter at ISDM Podcast, Facebook, uh, Gmail, host at nothingimportantpodcast.com. You can find us on TV Time. Make sure to check us out there. And make sure to listen in a few days. We'll have another preview with a prior up for next week's episode, episode 408. So that means that there's only like three really full episodes to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, that'll be it. That'll be it for season four. And uh, that's really it. (laughs) I mean, that's... I mean that's that's where we're at, right? I mean there there isn't much to say. This is a weird episode because I feel like it was it was kind of dense and intriguing, but I don't feel like there was as much to talk about as as, as like, yeah, it was less to note and more to just kind of enjoy. It was it was a lot of really. place setting. It was mm-hmm. a lot of place setting in this in this episode they're, as opposed. They're setting to, up to ramp up. This is the normal flow. They're ramping up the end of the season, and we're we're enjoying the ride. Yeah. Exactly. So I can't wait to see what happens next. I can't wait to hear from you guys what you thought about last week's episode. Can't wait to see your predictions about next week's episode. Make sure to leave those comments, uh, suggestions, reviews, all that good stuff. Dave, last update. Did the Cubs win or are they losing? Middle of the seventh inning, Cubs up three to nothing. Ah, and I guess I'll have to owe Dave a beer or something tomorrow night at practice because I totally thought at least one of the Chicago teams were going to fuck it up. <laughs> no, it looks like they're both kind of good this year. All right. Well, hooray for that. All right, Dave. <laughs> call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call us. <laughs>